Welcome to the Let Your Woo Woo Show podcast, where we discuss a wide range of topics from weird science to everyday miracles. We feature interesting people, places, and ideas. This podcast is about getting curious, educating ourselves, and celebrating all of the wild, wonderful, and sometimes weird aspects of this world we share. The intent of the show is to open up our minds to new ideas in a fun and informative way, and ultimately help deepen our connection with ourselves, each other, and this world we interact with. If you like deep discussions and out-of-the-box topics, you are in the right place. Welcome. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Let Your Woo Woo Show podcast, where today I'm very excited to have a new friend of mine, Marcus Jacob Weitz, who is an award-winning actor in Las Vegas. He has been an actor for 35 plus years, and what attracted me to this man is he spreads joy actively on stage, and he has been doing that for a while, but he just started to share it off stage. So he has this wonderful philosophy about how joy affects our lives and he is living it and he's living it. Honestly, I'm the, I cannot wait to share him with you all because he has made an impact on my life in little mini sessions on Facebook and Instagram, just, just through his energy. And so Marcus, welcome to the woo woo show. And I'm so excited to have you here. How are you today? Was that too loud? Did I get feedback? Oh, I hope I got feedback. And if I didn't get feedback, I want feedback on the woo-woo. Oh, oh, I am am doing fantastic. And you know what I just realized? And I know that your listeners may not be seeing this, but if this is ever shown in video, I was exploding because I wanted to say woo-woo so bad when you said woo-woo show. And I was making faces like a two-year-old in the camera. And I just realized, wow, this might be spread out there, but you know what? That's okay. That is fantastic because I like to say this. I can't help myself. No, I don't want to help myself. There's a big difference. I want everybody to hear that. If you're feeling it inside, if that two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old wants to go, woo, woo, they don't think about helping themselves they don't and then we giggle with them oh it's so true and that's actually you hit home for me on what i think attracts me most to your personality is um i i'm a very playful person as well and i believe we all are we all are we just bury it um you know and it's societal norms it's following societal norms and I really mm. feel like, um, but there's an inner child in us just waiting to be released, to play, to have fun. And before we came yes, on yeah. here, myself and you, and, you know, maybe we'll start this uh, conversation with a little, um, with what we were talking about off screen and off the record and off camera. And that was all about, uh, ex- you know, extreme optimism versus extreme joy. And you had some really good points on that, that I would love the audience to hear. Yes, I was trying to make a distinction between those two things, between extreme optimism or extreme joy. And I love even the word extreme because I had never heard that, you know, said before, but you had perceived what I was doing as that. And you were talking to me about, hey, I would love to have you on and, you know, and sort of feature your extreme optimism as sort of an angle or, or just, and I had recently been exposed to, you know, the concept through the phrase of toxic positivity. And part of the definition of toxic positivity, and I I haven't memorized it, there's there's different ways to do so, but is sort of the invalidation or the ignoring of the entire human experience is that it can sort of lead to, you know, people feeling bad about feeling bad. And then I'm like, oh no, I'm, I'm I'm turning my attention away from darkness. I'm, I'm ignoring the fact that it rains. I'm, you know, being sad doesn't, that doesn't count. You can't do that. Um, and I don't see myself as doing that or as wanting to do that. You know, if somebody goes like, you know, I'm feeling a little melancholy today. I'm not like, wow. You know, it's not like, um, and, and optimism to me is sort of seeing that in the end, 
there's always going to be some kind of light. There is some kind of light that that can be garnered from this. And in some ways, extreme optimism, to be honest, might almost be more accurate of what I'm doing than not. And it's just occurring to me in our conversation because if we encounter darkness, we know that there's a contrast to darkness. That if where there's darkness, there there must be light. Otherwise, you know, one can't exist without the other. It's sort of like the absence, the absence of light just means that the light is is absent for now. But there's always something that we can learn from a situation. And included in my concept of joy, in my idea of joy, is awe, gratitude, wonder, appreciation. And so, and so no matter what we're experiencing in our, in our human lives, one of those things can either be, I believe, mined or found or created in any moment, or it can be learned, like we can learn something from a situation and then find, create, or sustain a sense of joy, awe, gratitude, and wonder from that. So that even, so even, so even if I'm, even if I'm terribly sad, I mean, a simple way to say it is like, oh, I can be grateful um, that I'm not in a certain situation that I that I might be perceiving, or no matter how much I, no matter what's going on in my life, I can be grateful that I'm still above ground, or. I can be thankful that I'm that I'm experiencing this, or that I'm I'm grateful that I still can feel full heartedly. You know, something, some form of joy I feel can always be found. And see, I get very earnest when I when people can't see it, but I get very earnest when I talk about joy, which is ironic, right? So I love it. I love it. I it's I, I, have to, I have to preface this because I as well, sometimes when I get so wrapped up in my, in what are my beliefs are my topics and wanting to share, I get, so, I earnest is a perfect word because it's almost like I just, I, I just get into the groundedness of it. I'm not necessarily experiencing it at the moment, but I would just want people to know, like, this is the joy, like, this is the part of life that I want to share with you. Now I want to yes. know, about this. You, you said you hit on a perfect part. You said it can be learned. So, you know, yes. from my knowledge, 50% of what we have as a personality is innate and 50% is learned. Did you, sure. were you born with um, uh, the ability to experience more joy or did you train yourself? Did you learn how to experience more joy? Oh, okay. Okay. Wonderful, wonderful question. And I'm going to preface it really briefly by saying, you know, uh, I was going to tag what I was saying before that part of what I do and part of what I think, like you said, was really important. And I saw your hands sharing it like a beautiful Italian meal. It's very important is, is the ability to in any moment, any day and in any life create an inner sort of physical sense of joy. So that, that, that through our energy, through our perspective, we can perceive something entirely different at any moment. And that can be innate, but it can also be learned. And I think it's inside all of us. I, I, I really wholeheartedly believe that we are all born with, and therefore it exists within us, what I like to call the pilot light of joy. It's like a pilot light. And for those you know who remember what a pilot light is in a gas stove, it's, it's always lit and it might be tiny, but it's ready to light the rest. It's ready to heat the whole oven. A friend of mine recently, you know, sort of said like, hey, and if the pilot light goes out, your house might smell of gas. So if, you're, if your house, if your life's starting to smell a little stinky, you might want to check your pilot light, okay? So at any point, you can find ways to turn that up. And I feel that can be learned. Um, I wasn't always born. I wasn't, sorry, always born. I wasn't born this, this guy. And some people might say like, thank goodness. I mean, it's like, oh, oh, okay. Well, well, well I'd like to meet the pre, the, the, the not extreme optimism, not extreme joy guy. But uh, I would say, no, you wouldn't. And so I was born into a family that was very art artistic. My uncle was, was an actor and a, and a variety artist in Europe. I was born to a Swiss mother and a, 
an American father. My Swiss mother's father was a famous visual artist. Um, my grandmother, her mother was a textile designer. And I perceived their pursuit of life and the way they made a living was essentially through some kind of expression of something beautiful, of some kind of joy, of, of something, right? So I had these models in my life to pursue that in everything sort of that they, they did and were. But my parents, I say but, my parents uh, got divorced when I was seven. It was um, quite traumatic and I had a very contentious relationship with my father and grew up in a family that was, uh, you know, in a, uh, there was there was sort of there were these stresses and there was things that developed within me um, that created conflict between what I sort of knew life could be or perhaps even should be and what I was able to experience. And so it was this huge somehow, and it revealed itself later in college, really, uh, sort of you know dragged down in tension. And I became very when I got to college, I became very depressed. And I suppose maybe perfectionism reared its ugly head. And maybe that perfectionism was even geared towards, I know what life should be. I know what it needs to be, but why am I feeling this? And there was all these coping skills, all these life management skills, whatever you want to call it, that I just didn't have. I was like a house of cards. And I became uh, anorexic. I was on and off antidepressants throughout my 20s. But in college, I found theater. At my lowest point, I lost, my goodness, like half my body weight. And I was driving through stoplights without looking and just, yeah. And I found a theater in which I could express myself and in which uh, I could share this sort of embrace of, in this case, sort of the character's life on stage. And I would receive positivity right from the audience. And, or from the director or from other actors on stage. And I, and I even, my, 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 my arm hair is standing on end as I talk about this because life happened, life expanded within that space and time of the theater. And I was like, and I felt alive again. And I started to sort of, you know, recover again. And during that time, I remember, you know, I'd go outside. I remember I was jogging. I was barely moving because I was so weak. But I remember sort of looking up. I started to like look up rather than down on my feet. And I saw trees going and I saw a sky and I was like, I'm doing it. I'm living life again. It was kind of, you know. And, and so I started to recover. And it was really through that. And I had, and I had dips again um, in graduate school. But I realized every time I released myself, fully lived fully within myself and expressed that joy I had for life, that life would respond positively to me. I became, um, I was on probation in graduate school for ironically emotional and physical repression. Cause again, I was under, under pressure and I was like, uh Oh, and then I did this one man, yeah, I did a monologue from Caligula, ironically, which is this really dark Roman emperor. And I did a monologue and I played punk music. I played um, um, Teen Spirit by Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit. And I was smoking and, and doing one-armed push-ups and just going nuts. And that's what kept me in graduate school. But going nuts, I was, I was very, you know, just releasing myself. And again, they were like, that was amazing. Like there's something in this. And so, and then again, when I was in New York as an actor, right? I was, uh, uh, you know, making a living as an actor, just sort of barely scraping by. And there was a young man who came, who I knew was a friend of mine who kept coming out of work with his backpack like this, smiling from ear to ear. And, and I was like, where are you coming from? What, what are you doing? And he was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, coming from work. And I was like, well, well, what show are you doing? He's like, it's called Blue Man Group. And he was like, he was like a little kid walking around like this. And I, sorry, this is sort of a long story, but, and I'm like, that's, I want me some of that. I, I need to do this and see like how my body, how am I expressing myself completely different as I go into that space. And from that space, I was like, that's what I need to do, of course. And so I didn't even know the show when I auditioned and it was drumming and it involves no speaking. And there are these sort of blue 
blue-headed, uh, nondescript creatures. And the whole show is geared around connection and uh, joy and connection and celebration of that or whatever it is that they're doing. And sometimes you don't even know what they're doing. You can't, you can't intellectualize, you can't put your finger on it, but see the hair on both of my arms is standing on end. You know what it is. And, and people at the end are changed. And there's, to there's paper, it's not really toilet paper, but there's paper everywhere. And people are pulling on different ends of the same paper, right? And it's, it's really kind of conceptual. But it's so powerful and people come out and they want to hug you. They want to hug each other. They want to make different decisions about life. Because when we come from that space, we make different choices. Because the thing that we feel that we are in that space of joy, we want to treat that thing well. It's like, you know, that baby that's giggling and cooing. We want to cuddle it. We want to play with it. It's that same thing. When we have that sense, then we want to nourish our bodies well. We want to make good physical choices. We want to, sh and we want to share ourselves. Like, and people are attracted to it. It's not even ethereal necessarily. You can look at it from this ethereal place of, you know, magnetism, or it could be cosmic, but it's also just pragmatic just like who's that guy i want what you have or i want to work with you you know i want you in the room you know it's sort of like so that's the thing like you know i want the job that that friend had or you were like i want you on my podcast and i'm like i want to listen to stephanie's podcast and then it's like i want to promote stephanie's podcast and all of a sudden life happens for you but also it also happens in cosmic ways. <laughs> this is why so, and this is why you're the perfect guest because we we love talking about cosmic and energy and all those connections. It works in cosmic ways. But to produce, coming back to what you were saying, can those things be learned? Yes. But the rec but the recognition has to come first, right? The recognition that, oh, what is that? Uh, but those things can absolutely be learned. The recognition that you that you sort of want it and that you see it, right? So it comes first. But the skills, there's tools that you can use to produce greater feelings of joy and I actions that. that you can take, physical, emotional, psychological, using your imagination, your bodies, and all that can absolutely be learned. And I've learned them, and that's what I want to do. That's why I'm here. I want to share those tools with the world, yeah. I love that. And I want you to share a couple tools with us before we end today. But I, you know, I, there was something that you said that really caught my attention. And I, I believe that um, it would be a benefit to the audience to dive a little deeper in that. Um, and that is, you said a couple things, but one of the things that you talked about, um, you had said the feeling that you had had when you were on stage and all yeah. of a sudden you had this joy from the audience, you felt that, like you felt that. And I think so yeah. many of us, what I know about you now is you don't wait for that. You don't wait for that joy to come from outside. But I no. know that for so many of us, it's um, we go from moment to moment to moment, waiting for somebody to enrich us, somebody to bring that joy, somebody to light our pilot light, like you said. We're almost mm -hmm. waiting for that to happen from outside or not somebody else, maybe even experiences. We are in a mm -hmm. culture of extreme, um, uh, extreme wanting to achieve extreme achievement. And so oh, that extreme yeah. achievement, which I've gotten caught in, I, I'm definitely, I, any, any test I do personality test, it calls me an achiever and that's great. Sure. But I don't, I also know that that has been the downfall of my personal self-esteem and that has been part of where my darkness came from in the past yeah. was looking for that um, actual uh, validation from outside, like the audience clapping and all that. But what I know about you is, is that you've learned to create that within. So yes. least you, you have the ability to. Yes, yes, ab absolutely. You have the ability to, to create it if you don't see it 
You know, you have the ability to actively, intentionally lean in to these concepts and to the feeling of joy. And learning how to do that, you know, comes in a with a lot of different, um, how should I put this, sort of layers really, right? Because you want to be able to see it and go like, oh, I guess that is joy. And then you want to feel something like, oh, I guess that is joy. I guess that is valid. Oh, that that does feel good. Oh, what do you what do you mean? I can I'm allowed. I'm okay to stay in this for more than a second, right? So there's also sort of mindset, self worth, um, self love aspects to it. And then there, you know, and then there's the the physical things that you can sort of that you can do. And then there's the sort of the shutting out of, or not the shutting out, but the the recognition that something is dark and perhaps not so healthy. And that that and then that feeling of that you that you that that tenseness or that you know, that, that kind of feeling in your, in yourself is that's not joy, you know, that that is not something you have to live in, that you actually have a choice to, to move, to move out of that, whether you're with people or without people, whether you're alone on a mountaintop or whether you're in huge crowds. And for me, you know, I, I, I'm inspired to clarify that the applause from the audience, that response for me has always been most fulfilling not because I needed validation, although the parts that needed validation were sort of the, the not healthy parts, but it was always about the connection, about I'm expressing something, in this case it's hope, joy, like do you, do you get it? Do you get where I'm at? And everybody, you know, and they respond and it's like, oh, we're together in this. We're together in this. And again, like I get, I get goosebumps and I get a feeling from the tip of my head down to my toes when I feel that we're connected as humanity. And some actors or some performers might want to be telling stories. Some performers might need to be like, yeah, da, 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 da. yeah good job. But for me, it was always about sharing and moving people. You know, I want to connect and move people. And I said that before I actually became a drama major in college, it was in an interview for a newspaper on campus. I specifically said like, hey, why are you, why are you gonna start doing this? And I was like, I wanna connect and move people. That's just, and it came perhaps all the way back to the separation of my family, I don't know. I haven't really specified that, but but it's sort of this really urgent need to connect the world because I think if we all, I believe we all want this, we all want to be connected in our hearts and feel safe like we did when we first came out of the womb. We want to feel cuddled and we want like one big world cuddle and everything that's not that it's just a reaction to not having that or seeking that, right? Anything that's not love is fear and fear takes all kinds of anger forms and that kind of a thing. So um, I, I digress, I digress um, a little bit, right? What, what was the question? Um, no, it's a beautiful thing. And the, and the digression of it, um, you actually came to some beautiful points there. And um, you were talking about the conversation. You were talking about being part of Blue yeah. Man Group. I have number one. I have to say, I've always wanted to see. I've watched it on on YouTube. I have yeah. so wanted to see it because I'm aware. Like I am the same. I, I think we all are. And I think what yeah. concerts and shows and all that do is they they create the shared experience that you're talking about. It's this emotional experience because we recognize that we're all connected. You don't even know the person next to you in the show, yes. and you might like want to nudge them and be like. You know? Yeah, 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 see, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and you're getting that example from the from the blue men themselves. There's a there's I mean we could get into the aesthetics of it and and they're talking about you know the show itself, but really what it is it's these three these for those who don't know it it's like these three bald and blue uh, characters who, who don't have ears. We have bald caps on our heads, covered in grease paint on our faces, and we don't speak. And so we're these universal combinations of 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 innocence, like baby, and sort of highly evolved intellectual beings and we're exploring this world around us that we don't really know and we're uncertain between ourselves but we solve problems between us with the intention of 
of how it may affect the connection to the audience. And by the end, we discover basically the solution to connecting each to each other and the audience. And that's where, and everybody has that release of, yes, we're all connected. And so, yeah, you want to elbow the person next to you and go like, oh, ain't that neat. Oh, wow. We're friends all of a sudden. <laughs> and, right. And so it's that, it's that uh, amazing connection. But to answer your question too, from before a little more, you know, connected to each other and connected to other people is one thing, but we can also feel, I believe the feeling of connection can go to nature and animals or the cosmos or whatever it is, but that feeling that we're not alone. And that feeling of connectedness, we can create when we are by ourselves. And we might keep thinking we're alone, but that's where I make the distinction. We may, we're by ourselves, but we feel connected to the earth or that tree that's swaying or the sky, or we have our eyes closed and we don't see anything, but we feel that connection. And I, and I you know, I have, a, I have a sense there's, you know, all sorts of, you know, uh, 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 you know, people who you know meditation, or or there's somebody, or there's somebody in Tibet going like, Marcus, we've known this for thousands of years. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, it's like this is nothing new. Now, which which actually proves all of our points. That's that's the whole point. It's not new because it's eternal. It's it is universal. It's been around. We're all tugging at the same elephant. We're all just touching different parts of the same elephant, people. Um, but yeah. yeah, so, but, you know, but my job is, you know, and my mission is if we're going to touch that elephant of universal connection and joy, let me show you how to do it. You know, you take your hand and you reach out and you close those fingers. So those are the tools, you know what I mean? To get people to touch Careful the elephant. You're touching now, sir. No. Yes, but the, yes, but here's the thing. It can be, yes. Yes, but all parts are joyful if we understand. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing because not everybody's gonna be, you know, everybody's gonna get the the the, the, the pet the cheek. Not everybody's gonna be sitting at a beach. You know, not everybody's gonna be up on a beautiful mountain. No. Some of us are. You know what I mean? Some of us have different parts of the elephant, but we can find that feeling. Yes. Yeah, Marcus, I wanted to say you're bringing me to, um, I have, uh, so the audience, um, I'm, if this is your first episode, I am a life coach as well um, as a yeah. podcaster now. And so one of the things that I have, and I also have a life coach. And so one thing that we've been really working on myself and my <laughs> life coach with me um, is yep. uh, my relationship with my husband. Um, just because I, I want to have, uh, I want to have the best relationship possible for us. And so anyway, yes. um, one thing that I've discovered in yes. just the differences and the compliments we have towards each other is in that where we find our joy. So, you know, for me, I find joy in learning. I can, oh my goodness, I could spend, and I just did, I spent oh. hours this week, 30 hours in a course, and I was so in my bliss. Um, and then my husband, he finds his joy on an ATV out in the woods. Like I love being in the woods as well, but he just, our, the thought of him being in a course for 30 hours would, would actually crush his soul. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, what oh. you're saying, it, it, it's so, it's so relevant because, you know, yeah. we, you know, you teach joy and we will get into where they can find your course. Um, and, and you, you share elements, but it, I just love the fact that you're, you're saying that we, we all have the ability to feel joy. We need to find our joy, our individual joy. Yes. We need to find our individual joy. And if you're talking about relationships, then we need to find where that joy lives within us. Because remember when you first got together, I mean, it's so it's, this is a perfect example of how the universe works too, Stephanie, because we're talking about this thing that I was literally just talking to my wife about a day and a half ago, <laughs> something really, really similar, right? And we, and we were vibrating in that. And then all of a sudden, you and I find each other in this conversation. And we're both going to grow in, in this thing that we're seeking because we were seeking it. And it happens to be the pursuit of, of, of feelings of joy and connection. We were, my wife and I were talking about when we first were together and where it, where we were just thrilled to be around each other, right? You know, it's like, you know how we talk about 
oh, in the beginning of relationships, you can do nothing wrong and you can do nothing. And you can say it's pheromones or hormones. You can say it's serotonin, whatever it is, right? Of course, it's, of course it's those things. But what triggers those thoughts? Why? Why does it not matter what we're doing? And over the years, my wife and I recognize that we experience joy together. We experience these things together, but it's but a lot of it has come out of what we're doing together. Like, oh, look at us kicking booty in our business together. Or look at us taking our beautiful children to ice cream. Or like, oh, don't we love watching this movie together? And I made this distinction of like, wait a minute. If we were just sitting on a couch, just looking at each other, are we getting joy just from the fact that we're here? You know, that it has nothing to do with us achieving something. Because you were talking about this, 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 we get joy from achievement, right? We keep looking outside and going like, okay, if I get this, if then I can feel joy. Like if myself and my husband are together doing, like we're ATVing together. All right. But can we find our way back to simply being joyful in awe, grateful, being in a sense of wonder simply by virtue of being together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that existed, it's gotta be possible. But we have our histories, right? We're not, um, what happens is I believe is that over time we have our stories, our histories together. And we keep and we have the histories and the stories of success of our relationship. And we have the histories and stories of the things that, are, are, that have not gone so well. And in the beginning of relationships, we don't have those stories. All we have is hope. And our imagination is just looking at how amazing. Because we're looking, whether we're thinking about it or not, we are looking at the potential. We're in that place of possibility always. Mm-hmm. Which makes it diff- more difficult to be present later in some ways. So for, so it brings me to sort of my definition of joy that I'm, that it's always evolving, but joy is the, the embrace of potential positive possibilities or meaning and the feelings that that creates. That in any moment, whether we're aware of it or not, we're focused on the potential positiveness of something. And by that, like whatever that means to you, that it could be that there's something in this, you know, either in the present or the future, but we're focused on those positive possibilities and whatever feelings or actions that that then engenders. And I suppose when you're together with your husband, right? You're just talking about it. He loves ATVs and I like this. And you're already talking about your history. Like mm-hmm. it, this is what's this is what it's been, and right. And my wife and I too, like we know what's successful for us, and and we know what's not. So when I look at her now, it's hard not to go like, oh, I remember that time we argued. <laughs> okay, let me just forget that. And so it's hard, and it's hard to forget our history, especially when it's ingrained, like those patterns. So finding your way back to just that that innocence of the moment, I love to be that. present with just the positive potential and to get in the habit of that meaning of embracing whatever meaning you can find that gets you in that space. And I want to say, Marcus, that that is extremely profound because we can create meanings. And as you are well aware, um, because I know this about you, but we can create meaning, any kind of meaning from any situation, right? Mm -hmm. It can be, I uh, I don't know. I get up my my coffee. I take my coffee this morning, and it's got grinds in it. And it's like, oh well, this day is gonna be shitty. Um, mm. Or we can say, oh okay, I'm just gonna I look. I have ten more cups of coffee to. I'll I'll just brew another one. Um, sure. So uh, that is, and that's such a simple simple example. But it's just I don't know if we realize as society how important it is the meanings we give to things. And I also, um, as you were talking, I kept thinking, I was like, I think another commonality that we both have, and a lot of my listeners have, um, if you're here and you're going to be listening to an hour long podcast with somebody, you're obviously a curious person. And so mm-hmm. I think 
staying curious, you know, like you're curious about your wife. You're curious about what makes you guys better. I'm curious about what makes us better. You mm-hmm. know? Curiosity, I think is, is a key to joy and fulfillment as well. Yes. And, um, yes. and I think, and I love that you said about the, it's, it's about the potential possibility. Like one of the things, the tools, it's such a simple tool that changed my world is I ask myself every day, all the time, when something goes wrong, I quote unquote, air quotes wrong, I say, yes. what's good about this? And maybe at the moment I can't find anything good about this. And then I ask myself, what mm. would be good about this? And you know, and I, what may be good about this in the future? And it's all about the qualities of the questions that I ask yeah. myself that really come down to it now that's my tool for finding my way out of the black hole um mm-hmm. i would love for you to share with the audience uh, without giving away everything because we we don't have enough time for that but i want i would love for you to share a tool or two that you have for um sharing joy or finding joy or lighting that pilot yes oh thank you very much and i and by the way i lo- I, I love that that's sort a of positive uh of what could be because then it puts you into a place of of learning, of wanting to learn from that situation rather than just, you know, um, I don't tend to say to myself, uh, this happened, you know, everything happens for a reason because then I'm sort of looking, looking at the, at the past and going like, well, why do I just, you know, deserve this? Or, you know, I, what, what do you mean there's a reason for it? But when you say what could be good about this, you're looking into the, the future, really, you know, you're looking into what can I learn from this? It didn't happen to me. Life didn't happen to me for, you know, or even for me to show me the cause of this, but I can learn from it and grow from it. And when we're in a growth mindset, I think that is also something inherently human that we love. Because when you, you know, just like plants, just like anything that's alive is growing, right? It's, it wants to be moving in, in movement, which brings me to sort of to one of the tools, you know, that I use, because I believe it really does start with physiology. It starts with how we feel in our, in our bodies. And as an actor, you know, oftentimes one of the tools that we actually use, and there's whole acting approaches and techniques designed around this, which is physical postures. You know, we put ourselves into physical postures in order to engender or to bring up a certain emotions. They can be like psychological uh, gestures, they're called. Jerry Grotowski uh, came up with this, but or, or developed a, a method around this. So... If we put ourselves in certain postures, we automatically start to feel a certain way. If we hunch over and tense our bodies, we start to feel a little you know, withdrawn or angry or sad, right? You could describe somebody who's angry or sad by, you know, anybody could say like, well, they're probably slouched shoulders, probably making a, you know, furrowing their brow. And in that same way, if we change our posture to something which we associate with more positive, like sit up straight, roll those shoulders back, you know, do something just, just or stand up. All of a sudden, it's like, well, what kind of person stands up, right? A person, or what kind of person sits up straight? In what kind of physical, uh, sorry, emotional, psychological state would you be in if you were to sit straight up? So if you literally change your body position, you will even a little bit feel differently. It goes the other way, too. If you change your physical posture, you will, it'll feed back into your, into your body. Your brain is almost like, oh, I'm sorry, what are we doing? Oh, we're sitting up straight. Oh, okay. What does that mean? And it's a little, and you can go one step further and, and move your body. What kind of person moves their body? Right. And you can go one step further than that, which is you can move your body in a way that you're not accustomed to. Like literally just intellectually decide, I'm going to move my head in a silly way. I'm going to move my shoulders in a way that looks like shaking. I'm going to, I'm going to move my fingers as if I were excited to open a present, you know, like this. And I'm going to, um, and so all of a sudden you start to feel a little unusual, a little silly, perhaps you're breaking a pattern of where you were just of the thing that you were just in. And, and again, your brain might not even remember where it was and you can do it in more, you know, ex- ex- extreme ways, which is, you know, shake it out or put on some music you really enjoy. Like, and this is key. Don't negotiate. Don't negotiate with yourself. Cause that's that little voice going like, Oh no, I don't have time for this. Or, Oh, and I don't deserve this. Or this is, this is not going to work or it's not going to be worth it. No, 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 no. Uh, don't negotiate. Just do it. You, you know what music you like, you put it on. 
You know what you got to do. You have a job to do. You got to get joyful. Okay. Put it on and then shake whatever body part you have to shake and move it in a way that's, that's not usual. Okay. And that whatever, get up and then start to dance and then dance full out or move full out for 10 seconds. And you can do anything for 10 seconds and then you're done. And even if you've shifted your state a little bit, that's going to make, that's going to change your direction ever so slightly. And you'll go somewhere entirely different. Like if you're driving a car and you shift just a little bit, you're going to go, by the end of the day, you're going to be somewhere entirely different. By the end of the hour, you're going to be, you're going to be somewhere else. So, so that's a tool is just change your physiology, your body and ch change your inside. Um, another thing that I like to share, may I share another one? Do we have time? Oh, I'd love to. Uh, it kind of goes to what you were saying. You know how people say there's a cognitive therapy approach, which by the way, I loved from a book called um, Feeling Good. We're talking like old school. Um, I think it was eight, published in the eighties. But it was, it said, you know, what's the worst that can happen? You know how people say that, like, what's the worst thing that can happen? And then you answer that question. It's like, okay, well, then so what? And you go, like, well, well, then this, then this could happen. Okay, well, so what? Well, then, then this could happen. And it's sort of designed to ultimately get to a place where you're like, well, that's not so bad because I guess the consequences aren't that bad after all, right? There's that traditional thing of saying, well, what's the worst that can happen? Ah, okay, that's not so bad. Come on, let's do it. But I think, what if we said the opposite? What if we said, what, rather than what can I lose, say to yourself, what can I win mm. or what can I gain, okay? And then you go like, okay, for example, like, oh, I don't really have time. I'm supposed to have coffee with a friend of mine today. Okay, well, what can I gain? Well, you know, the, we might start having a conversation about, uh, about um, you know, movies. Okay, well, what can I gain? Oh, we might come up with a, a great story idea for, for a film. Well, what can I gain from that? Well, well, we might decide, I might decide to star in it. And what can I gain for that? Well, we might end up getting funding and it might go viral on, on, on YouTube. What can I gain? Well, I might get an agent. What can I gain? I, I, I'll win an Oscar. I mean, I'm jumping <laughs> some steps. But it's like spreading your little wings and, and catching the, up, the updraft from the winds of life ever so slightly. Then you catch a little more wind and you realize, oh, I have wings. And then you start to float. And then you start to, and then what can I gain? You start to flap your wings. And all of a sudden you might be flying in your imagination. And if you're flying, you go up and over the world and you see all the possibilities. Mm. And so I like to call it uh, winging it. I, I, I have a feeling it's not a new concept. I like to call it winging it. That is spread your wings and see what's possible. Catch the updraft. And before you know it, you might be, flying and you're you're hopeful looking forward um to the future so that's another that's another tool that i that i have oh my goodness marcus and i'm not sure if here's the thing is that when you've done these type of um when you've really put the work in to this like when you've really yeah. done this you you feel it like you're so passionate about it because i know you do it you do the work. Yeah. And yeah. if I could have, I, I, what my wish for the world is, is I wish that when we have this little like inkling of, ooh, that sounds like something I can do, or that sounds like something I should do. When we have that inkling, sometimes we, we, um, we'll encourage it and we'll do it and we'll try it. And sometimes yeah. we just let the inspiration fade off. And so what uh -huh. I want to ask the, the listener, um, because I am going to say that, Marcus, I have been listening to you on your pod. Like, I, as you know, I've been watching you and I've been uh, learning yes. from you. And, and I've, tried, um, I've tried these things that you've mentioned, not maybe specifically very close, though. And I know how much it's changed my life. And so what wow. I want to say to the listener, I want to say, please, 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 if you have an inkling in you, one little tiny seed that wants to be planted that says, oh, this sounds like I can do this. Like I can do this little thing. I'm going to say, listener, please go do it. Whether you do it now and pause this podcast or whether as soon as you're done this podcast, you jump on and you choose your favorite song. Just going to put it out there. I love Megan Trainers. I love me. That's the one I always oh. listen to. Um, oh, yeah. 
And with with uh, uh oh my goodness money lewis M- lunch money lewis her and i love yes. it and then um so just like listen to that song i love me i love you uh, but i love me you know and 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 just and when it gets down to it and try out this um i actually wrote a couple notes while you were speaking about because yes. i had this idea of you know you were saying this so what and yes i've heard that in psychology this so what so what so what and so that you realize that right. anything you know um the the worst that can happen usually doesn't happen and it's usually not as bad as what we think it's going to be but i love yep. the contrast and it reminds yeah. me of this activity i do and it's um it's from cognitive behavioral therapy it's actually from yes. uh, acceptance commitment therapy and it's a towards and a ways um activity so you go towards uh-huh. where you want to go and away from where you want to go but if i yeah. visualize the so what i visualize the so what in the away and you keep marching like you said about the few degrees well, when you're going, when you're following the path of so what into the, the darkness, that few degrees, imagine the distance then of where you end up in the darkness versus the few degrees where you end Ooh. up in the light. I mean, that in itself oh, is just profound. That's, that's amazing. That is, um, that's an amazing concept. And may I just point out to your beautiful listeners too, is that in this conversation where we're vibrating in in our imaginations about joy and it's feeding our intellect and it's feeding our hearts and it's feeding our passion, right? We are coming to these, these insights together or these, these, these distinctions or the together, right? Which is feeding our hearts and minds even more. And that's exactly sort of what I'm talking about. Regardless of what this content is, here we are even more inspired. So we're gonna be leaving this podcast more inspired because and and go out and do exactly what we just did in this podcast in our lives we're going to go out and we're going to smile at the person at the grocery store or we're going to go out and hug our kid and then that's going to uplift them and it's going to uplift us more too and meanwhile we're sending out better vibrations to the entire planet that's sort of how profound this is but very and very specifically to what you just yeah addressed is absolutely you will. You were talking about going in these different directions. You go towards the darkness with the so what, and with the what can I gain? You end up in this in this imagination place of of greatness. You've not only made yourself feel better, but you've also come up with some amazing imagery to feed you moving forward. With the other one, you you go like, okay, so what? You might not be, you know, you might not be fearful anymore. You did that part. Oh, you don't have the the imagination to feed you. You sort of contrast. you're getting one part of it. Yeah, that that contrast. That's really that's really amazing. Um, yeah, you 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 you're 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 doing two things at once. You're creating that that fearlessness, getting rid of the anxiety, and also creating a wonderful thing to get pulled towards. Right. Um, our inclination is to right, is to try and run away from something. To be pulled towards something, right, I think is a is less of a natural inclination. It is. We're more, we're more programmed over the millions of years to be fearful of whatever's out there, protect ourselves. I have a, I have a family member actually who, um, and uh, this family member I love so much, love uh, dearly. And he just really has a hard time with uh, creating any sort of optimism because she's afraid that she'll, oh. be, let, she'll be let down. And, oh, you know, right. I always I want to preface that. And the reason why I think it's calling to me to say this is because in case that's the listener, in case that because that was me at some point in my life, too. You know, I was oh. I, I loved to dream like I went from a mode of as a as a kid, I was such a big imaginary and dreamer. And I'm such a good visualizer. And I'm a great I'm great at manif like not meant necessarily manifesting. Yes, that too. But, yeah. but actually thinking about what potential possibilities there can be. I'm so good at that. But I, I suppressed that for a while because um, I also then got uh, disappointed sometimes because it would create oh. it would create positive expectation. But the expectation was there. And so what I was going right. to say to the listener, if that's at all coming up for you, I'm going to say, what if we just dreamed for the sake of dreaming? 
What if we just played for the sake of playing for that one moment, like Marcus is talking about, that one moment of joy we get from that. Forget about the expectation because we don't know what can happen tomorrow. But mm -hmm. what's wrong with having that joy right now? Just mm -hmm. right now. And you may be, the listener may be feeling it because I'm feeling it from you. And I thank you. And as you said, I'm more energized now than when we started the call. And this is why I wanted to have you on here. And it's because- right. Right. It's because of the fact that if we can put content out there in the world like this and we can give some people an hour long um, uh, a piece of joy or an hour long piece where they're not obsessed with right. what they're worried about, then that is exactly why I want to put this content out there. So I thank you so Oh, so, so much for that, Marcus. And I want to know, um, and I, I think you may have something to add, but while that as well, I just want to make sure that before yeah. we send off, that the listener knows where they can um, find you, where they can, can connect with you, and where they can find yes. uh, your course that you're doing. And I think you might have a little something in the background that's being created as well. So I don't know if you want to yes. talk about that for a second. Oh my God, I sure do. I sure do. But for those who are just listening and in, in case this is not visual, I do want to describe to everyone as, as Stephen was talking about the joy and, and what she was experiencing, she sat up, she couldn't help but sit up. Her shoulders were moving around. Her hands were coming up like this. Or when you were talking about Megan Trainer, you started bouncing up and down. You Your hands were going to your heart because you're so inspired. That's what's, that's absolutely what's possible, even for the moment. And the fear of disappointment, we all, we all have that to work, to work against. And it's all, you know, and it's going to come up and, oh, I was that person too. Are you kidding me right now? We've only scratched the surface, but everybody, psst, that's why I'm doing this. That's why I keep doing the work because I know that this work is arming me. And maybe that's not great verbiage to use sort of against that because I know like oh I'm sorry I have things that I can actually do you know I re seriously I recently I didn't get a job that I had been hoping for for six years and I was uh, they chose somebody else just recently to go into uh, a full-time position here in Las Vegas and years ago it would have taken me years to recover and in this one it took me like it took me like an hour to get to the place of like, oh, all right, what's next? You know, like, all right. And not in an ignorant way, but just like, it was never mine. And look at, oh, and it leaves me open to other possibilities. So anyway, uh, we could go on and on and we will um, in the things that I do. And, and you can watch me go on and on in my social media, which is this. I am Marcus Jacob Weiss on Facebook. I am also on Facebook, The Marcus Weiss Experience, which is uh, a business page that I have. And it's a business page, but it's just where I share uh, more of the things that I do um, in work-wise. Work I am The Marcus Weiss Experience on Instagram. And then I'm also very peripherally though, so you must forgive me, um, on LinkedIn, you know, just Marcus Weiss on LinkedIn. And I think I have to put LinkedIn is, I, I'm sorry, LinkedIn. I'm also on Twitter. And under Marcus, uh, Marcus Weiss on Twitter, I'll send you this again. I'm, I, I, I never post to Twitter, frankly. I only share to Twitter from my Instagram. So, um, but I'm there as well. I have- Put it in the show notes, Marcus. There's no problem. Yeah, put in the show notes, yeah. I'm also, my course is called The Joy Experience. And that is uh, on mastermind.com. And I have the link to it on my, you know, on my pages. So there'll be like a link tree and, you, you know, you'll find your way there. And it's called The Joy Experience. Any moment, any day, any life is the tagline. And in that two-week live interactive call, although cameras and participation are completely optional, although that's the hope is that it's participatory, in that I will share more tools for you to create, to find, create, and sustain joy in your life so that you can have more abundance in your life, both, both um, literal and figurative, meaning 
feeling wise, but things also can happen for you in your, in your personal life and in your professional life. Like you could actually create stuff. And then I have another course in development, which is called express and connect be seen, felt, heard, and remembered. And that is sort of a, yes. And that is a course in which we, in which we discover what it is that you want to express and very specific ways in which you can do that effectively, either in your personal life, like at home with your family, um, on, on a Facebook Live, whether or or on a on a professional acting stage, or in your business, if you want to, you know, promote uh, and sell your your products. How can we express ourselves in a way that's going to connect and be remembered in the ways that you want to have people remember you? And that involves imagination tools. Uh, uh, tools to to get in touch with what you want to say and and physical tools to, uh, that make expression effective. I call myself an expression specialist. And I think that that is on point, Marcus, for you. Yeah. Um, I am so excited. I'm actually going to, next time you do, please, um, I know that these courses that you do, you prefer to do them live right now. So you, the listener, you're going to yeah. be tuned for the next um, time he does it because you're going to want to be in on it. Marcus, I want to be in on it too. Just going to let you know. Excellent. And, Thank uh, you. You're amazing. And uh, I also, I have this thing because I love podcasts and I love at the end the rapid fire questions. So yes, this is, uh, this is, it. Uh, this is the premise of this is it's Groundhog Day, but not like the the, the Groundhog Day from the movie. It's the best, <laughs> the best Groundhog Day of your life. So this oh. is you have to repeat the same day. So I want to know who is there, where are you, what are you eating, what are your experiences of your best day of your life? Oh my, you that is so exciting and challenging at the same time. And listeners. Just because something is challenging doesn't mean that it's exciting. So guess what? Challenging and exciting are the same thing. Okay, everybody? Because you don't know this about me yet, but I am terrible at picking favorite things. That is one thing. I am so, you could argue it's ADD, but I am so interested. What's your sign, Marcus? Oh, I am January 20th is my birthday, everybody. And it is on the cusp of Aquarius and Capricorn. It's very cuspy. I'm torn between that visionary Aquarian thing and the like, no, you got to stay realistic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, that's me. Um, January 20th. So, oh my goodness. Are you kidding me right now? That's insane. Okay. I would wake up in, honestly, I would wake up in a chalet in the winter in Switzerland with freshly fallen powder snow, okay? My family yeah, my family would be there, Anastasia, Jacob, and Lucas would be there. They'd still be kids, okay? There'd be this, we would, we would get up, we would go to the bakery to get freshly baked uh, crispy bread that they have there, and we would go home and we would have it with hot chocolate, and then we would go skiing. And my, cause skiing is my very favorite thing to do. You ski. I do it super rarely right now, but I'd spend the day skiing and then we would have fondue for lunch. Fondue, or no, maybe fondue for dinner. Ah, okay. Now, you know what? No, we would have, uh, it doesn't matter what, which one's lunch or which one's dinner, but we would have Tüdichnatzlitz, uh, which is a Swiss word. And that is, um, that is a, a chop, that's chopped up um, meat with, um, with uh, spatzli, which are like these, this very, this pasta kind of thing that looks like little, little weird, little short worms. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, get that out of your brain right now because it sounds gross if you don't know what it is. But that's what we're going to do. That's the meal. And then fondue with uh, and traditional fondue, okay? Bread and cheese, okay? Maybe meat and oil, but don't start. Nobody in Switzerland dips carrots in their cheese fondue, okay? Nobody does that. Okay, that's only, that's, 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 no. Just take bread and just, just, just. Measure your portions. Eat the damn bread. Eat the damn bread. (laughs) Eat the damn bread. It's okay. I get it. I respect gluten-free. But in my world, in my groundhog day. So anyway, uh, I'd go skiing. And then at night, we'd make a fire. And uh, and we'd we'd play games. Uh, And then my wife and I, when the kids were asleep, we'd watch a movie um, on a big screen. Because watching movies together on a couch was our thing when we met. So I could go on and on. But that's it. I love my that. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing your energy with us. Thank you for sharing 
um, those hot tips that I know if people will just give yourselves, people give yourselves, like Marcus said, 10 seconds, maybe 20, because we want you to do two activities that he shared, but give yourselves the 20 seconds in a day and just see where that micro step takes you. And then please comment, share, because this information needs to get out there. I love you all so much. I love you, Marcus. Thank you Thank for you. being a guest. And uh, we will definitely have to have another conversation again um, sooner than later because your energy is so contagious. I appreciate Thank you. you Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. It was my pleasure and honor to be here. Well, that concludes this episode of the Let Your Woo Woo Show podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and don't forget to share to anyone you think would enjoy it. And remember, we are all a little woo woo. That's what makes you you. Much love to you all. Until next time.